I would say one of the things that I think is also very important, you know, when selecting artists and also advising artists is asking the question, are you doing this to be rich, to be famous, or do you do you regard yourself as an artist who really has something to say? Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Omex podcast series Chai Break where we invite members from our global music community like artists, festival bookers, journalists, agents, promoters and other music professionals to talk about their life, their work, their stories, what they do, why they do and how they do. I am your host Gaurav Narula and for this very first episode we spoke with someone who has been attending Omex for almost 2 decades. He was a driving force in bringing Vomex to Copenhagen from 2009 to 2011. He started his career as a school teacher in the 80s while working as a booker with one of the biggest music festivals in Europe, Roskilde. The special guest is none other than Peter Havalkov. Hey Peter, welcome to the very first episode of Vomex Chime Break. Let's start this with a bit about yourself. Where do you come from and how did you get into music? I w- I was born on an island called Bornholm. I don't know where if you know where it is in the middle of the Baltic. And I grew up in in um, you know in the 60s and the early 70s living on this island and nothing was happening. So when I was in high school, um if you had wanted some you had to promote or produce the shows yourself. Uh and um and um so I did. So already, you know, When I was a teenager I started booking artists and I continued when I was in university and after university I was living in the neighboring city of Roskilde and I became a booker in in the local jazz club so you know this is what I have been doing uh, for fun since since I was a teenager and you know I'm so old that uh, in in my days you had to learn by doing you did, there was no education in music booking or music promotion or thing this is things that happened only later i agree but a lot of music business i think can just be learned on the job um sure i mean going to university really helps but uh what you learn on the job is absolutely invaluable um when did you start working with roskilde I became a volunteer uh, at Roskilde Festival uh, in 1980. In the beginning it was only, you know, I, in those days I was a school teacher. So it was um it was only in the in the festival weekend, but slowly I got more and more involved uh, in the in the festival uh, and also in the planning. And I think it was around um 90 or 91 that i started getting really deeply involved in um, in uh, the festival planning programming also producing the festival that is so exciting 
uh, how did this happen from uh, you know you were a school teacher and then you were working with Roskilde as a booker how did this transition come through I never I never really uh, considered that I would have a chance to be a part of the booking committee so what I did for you know these we are talking about the analog days the days when you wrote a, a letter and you did, just didn't you didn't just post uh, an email but i for many many years during the 80s every year i wrote a letter to the booking committee and um, proposed some artists that i thought would work well every year i you know it was not only artists from you know pop popular artists from the west but also african latin american asian artists and then um, one day i got a phone call from the general manager of uh, roskill uh, who asked me for a meeting and since i was doing a lot of concerts also when i was a school teacher uh, i thought that they wanted to support uh, what i was doing but they were offering me a job uh, and that was in 1996 in may 1996 and i was asked to Uh, tried to create uh, a new venue uh, not only uh, the physical frames but also what kind of program for this one uh, and it ended up uh, being this stage called the uh, Roskilde Ballroom which was running for 10 years but already from from autumn uh, 1996 i was uh, part of the booking committee and was starting you know in part time working professionally uh, in the booking committee
What was it like to work with Roskilde Festival? Well, you know, working for Roskilde is, you know, kind of difficult uh, thing to describe because the, the main part of what is being done related to Roskilde is done by volunteers. Since um, Roskilde Festival is a non-profit organization and um, it's about, of course, presenting interesting artists, arts, etc. from the big world, but with the purpose of earning money for donations for social and cultural work around the world. So when the festival is running, we have 30,000 volunteers working at the festival site. 30,000 volunteers, that's such a crazy number. I wonder how do you guys manage that? And you know, this is such an interesting fact, one forgets that Roskilde Festival is actually a non-profit organization for such a big festival and all the money that is raised is actually donated. Um, one more question which comes to my mind is, how has Roskilde managed to book such diverse artists? Like, you're known for your diversity. So, it, you know, it's a long story. And when the festival started in, in the early 70s, um, it was in the hippie days. The hippie days were, you know, they were globalists before uh, the globaliz globalization was even uh, um, made as a kind of uh, theme or... Um, so it was it was obvious to invite also artists from other cultures than than Danish, American, British, which was the main part of the artists who came from. Uh, in those days, it was um, a lot of there was a lot of. Um, it was in the 70s, there were a lot of uh, Latin American uh, immigrants, uh, refugees from Brazil, from Chile, from Argentina, living in Scandinavia. And many of these, uh, of these um, refugees uh, had, you know, also, they were also musicians. So we had a lot of uh, Latin American music in the neighborhood, played by mixed groups in between um, people who came here and people who were already here. And so it, it's a part of what we have been doing all the time. But already in 1975, uh, Ravi Shankar played the main stage, and then of course it, it you know it developed slowly in the in the late 80s, cooperating with uh, WOMAT, World of Music and Dance. And how do you go about booking artists? Uh, what what's your strategy? Uh, what do you look out for? One of the things that we in Roskilde really are serious on is securing that the artists are good on stage. And we, this, this we can secure by either attending shows around the world or trusting our networks. We are, we are at the moment seven bookers, programmers, and we of course have a huge network of people that we have known for yeah, that the festival has known for decades, you know, given to the next generation, you know, contacts, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so, you know, checking out, being serious uh, and securing that it is a good live band because many, many things can be done in a studio and doesn't work at all on stage. Can you name three qualities that you look out for before booking an artist? We are, of course, looking on, as I already mentioned, um, are they good on stage? Can they do a proper show? Um, do we have a stage, the stage on which they can perform? Because there's a big difference in playing on the, the smallest stage of ours, which is a 1,000 capacity, and the largest one, which is a 75,000 capacity stage. Uh, so, you know, stage presence, the, uh, the ability in performing is really, really important. Then, of course, also um, we are looking on what, we, which, uh, who, who else did we book? We are trying to create a kind of program, of course, for all artists with high quality, but also with a big variety of uh, genres, artists, etc., etc. And what else, the third, could I mention as presenting new artists, the, the, the stars of tomorrow is very important for us also. And what do you think makes a good festival booker? I think passion is really uh, an important thing. But, you know, you know, fest festivals are so different. Uh, some are, you know, just about earning money. Um, and I can tell you, though uh, we are a benefit organization and, and though it's very important for us that we can donate supports to around the world, um, I think the, the driving force for most of us is in the very, very end to create the best of the best of the best when it comes to festival programs, you know, in music, in art, etc., etc. So I would say passion and curiosity curiosity is also very very important i think because um i would say also uh, good ears or good taste is important and you have to trust also that what you uh, believe in will work uh, will work and is there any advice you would like to give to young bookers uh, anything you would uh, what would you tell them be honest be fair but, but also, um, though it might be hard to turn down an artist who wants to play Roskilde or in the venue Alice that I'm with, um, it's so much easier and so more fair to be honest from the very beginning and say, hey, we have other plans or you're not there yet, come back when you 
ba 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 ba. But it's so much easier to get it done immediately, and instead of trying to hide because next time you meet. I would say one of the things that I think is also very important, you know, when selecting artists and also advising artists is asking the question: Are you doing this to be rich, to be famous, or do you do you regard yourself as an artist who really has something to say? Um, if it's the first money and and uh, being famous, don't ask me for advices. But uh, if you feel that you have something on 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 your in your heart that you want to tell the world. Then I will help you. any artist you wish uh, you had worked with or you wish you had booked uh, it could be dead or alive my my wishing list is not that long any longer because uh, we we did very well i think or i did very well over the years we, uh, I, i think instead of just pointing out um, an artist i would say if you had another kind of venue Because you have to remember that uh, Roskilde is uh, an outdoor festival. Though we most stages are covered by a marquee, uh, it's we have standing audiences, and and uh, so I've been booking music for standing uh, shows, you know, for the last 25 years, and uh, only a few for seated audiences. So you know, uh, the challenge of booking and programming also a seated stage could be very very interesting. Because it's a totally different thing, and you can you can you can go you can present very different uh, kind of music when when it is a seated audience. So there are probably a guy like uh, Heiner Goebbels, um, who is a German um, a German musician who has been working with oh, what's it called in in Duisburg? I think they're based. Um, but you know, mixing avant-garde with uh, you know electronics, uh, rock and roll. He ca- he came out of the crowd rock stage. I would love to do a show with him if I had the opportunity. And what is the best show you've ever experienced of all these years of booking and working with artists? I'm sure there's one show which is very close to your heart. Best show I think I ever saw was uh, the Neville Brothers performing in Copenhagen. Uh, in a club called Co- uh, Jazz House Montmartre in July I don't remember if it was in 86 or in 87 but you know still a young band still an upcoming band but based based on you know long time lifelong time experience as musicians since they were kids and on the more funky um, uptown stuff you can ask Christoph about Neville Brothers because he and I are pa- were passionate uh, New Orleans fans uh, at the same in the same days 
Um, but Neville Brothers in Copenhagen in, in July 86 or 87, that's the best show I ever saw. Well, 1986, 87. Well, I was I was just born then. <laughs> yeah, well. Anyway, um, can you name one album that never fails to bring you in a good mood? Like you know that one favorite album, anytime, anywhere, any moment. There's a musician that well, it really meant a lot to me for, and still you know that I still who I still enjoy a lot, and that's Miles Davis. Um, and especially what he did in the early 70s before had this five-year-long break. Um, I really appreciate. It doesn't really, it doesn't always make me happy and dance because it's not dance music, but it's um, it's really, it means quite a, quite a lot uh, when I'm looking back and I have a lot of uh, records of his. But especially the period from, from 69 to 33, um, I think is very, very interesting. Wow, great choice. Very well said. I love Miles Davis as well. What an influential musician. Sadly, Roskilde got cancelled this year because of the pandemic. How do you feel about this? And what are you looking forward to? And what are, what, what are we looking forward to for Roskilde Festival in uh, next year? Well, you know, I have been a part of this since so many years. My, I, the first festival that I, in Roskilde I attended in 1974, so I have been here for a while. Uh, I would say it, it, I don't feel that much uh, influenced by by what that it was supposed to take place this week. But when the decision was made that we should postpone for next year, I think those days were really the first week was really hard. Also. Because uh, a part of a, as a part of a long time plan, I am leaving as a professional uh, programmer booker this year, and I was supposed to celebrate this with the 50s edition, and then it's not happening. So instead of just leaving, I will continue as a, as a volunteer in the booking committee. So I will be there also next year. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. At least you'll have a good proper goodbye, and I'm sure it's going to be very emotional for you and the team. Um, well, we've come to an end, so thank you very much for this conversation. It was super exciting and I really love talking to you. Uh, catch you soon and goodbye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. All the music you heard in this podcast was handpicked by Peter from all the artists who were supposed to play at Roskilde this year. For the tracklist, please check out the description. Well, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a comment and let us know. I wish you a good day and good health.